Hey guys, and welcome back to the MILF podcast for the Minor League Fantasy League. Uh, this is the week two podcast, episode two. Um, and I just like to say, fuck you, Antonio Brown. Real hard. <laughs> just like he did those three ladies. Uh, it was one lady. <laughs> three counts from one lady, according to the thing I just read. Oh, you just read it? Yeah, I just read it. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I have the uh, first thing I want to talk about was some news, and uh, that news just broke uh, literally <laughs> as we were starting. So after the the whole circus of AB with the Raiders and then being released and signed with the Pats and him moving that circus cross country, uh, news just broke. Uh, he's being charged with three counts of sexual assault, including rape by a former trainer. Uh, word on the street is he's been accused by the Steelers. The Raiders and now the Patriots. <laughs> That's awful. I'm but sure a lot of I'm sure a lot of the Raiders fans felt kind of violated. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of bouncing uh, from last week, what was going to dance around that? Because uh, I have no idea how the fuck that's going to shake out. Really happy to have him on my team right now. Still. Um, <laughs> The other big Your news, team was looking stout, dude, before all this. Yeah, it's still looking pretty good. I'm mm-hmm. happy. But, uh, yeah, it would have been nice to have uh, a playing AB on the Patriots. But we'll see how that goes. So since the last podcast, Zeke signed, finally. Uh, <laughs> as we talked about, <laughs> we talked last week, that kind of bumps Ryan's team up a little bit. And uh, Rock one, as we predicted with Zeke. Yep, and he uh, that kind of knocks Pollard's value down. And then the only real uh, other big news in the last week is the uh, some injuries this weekend. <laughs> big ones, huge ones. Big ones. <laughs> ones that so, shall not be named. Ones that shall not be named? I think we should talk a little bit about them. Uh, uh, Tyreek. That's the one. The, uh, the shoulder. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's to, for last I read, they're still evaluating. Uh, could be out a few weeks, or it could be like an IR designated to return type situation. I sure hope not. <laughs> yeah, he had his clavicle pushed into his sternum. That just sounds like a good time. Did not require surgery, but apparently is very dangerous and rare. It, it sounds. Uh, it sounds like it's. It's probably pretty dangerous. <laughs> at, at least you have a chance that it's only a few weeks. Yeah, just a clavicle. Hopefully he can raise his arms over his head eventually. <laughs> then uh, same team, Pat Mahomes with a sprained ankle, which shouldn't be any problem. It seemed like it, was, it wasn't a high ankle sprain. He's just playing through it, it looks like. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that today, so shouldn't be too serious. Sticking with the shoulder shit, uh, Nick Foles broke his left clavicle. Yeah, but did you say the Garden of Minshaw or whatever the fuck his name is? He's a beast. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I didn't see that game. Was he? Was he good? His backup went like twenty-two of twenty-six or something crazy. Nice. So probably better than Nick Foles. <laughs> Maybe who knows? <laughs> so Nick Foles is on the IR. Uh, see, Tevin Coleman, high ankle sprain. Love me some Brita now. Yeah, they said uh, he's definitely going to be out week two, and it's going to be week to week from there. So it's going to. See how that value for Brita stays over the next couple of weeks. 
They'll probably See. limp off the field two or three times the next game, but be fine every time. <laughs> uh, Joe Mixon, another ankle injury. They said not a bad sprain day by day. Uh, and the Bengals are hopeful he'll be able to play week two. But I'm trying to think of who had Mixon. Caleb does. Oh, yeah, Caleb does. We'll talk about yeah. that a little bit later probably. <laughs> yes, I have notes, copious notes on Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Mike Williams' knee. Uh, coaches are hopeful it's not too serious, but there was no information about it really as of today. It was still in testing. If he's affected at all, Keenan Allen, more so than he already is, be a target hog. Yeah. It's uh, to, did you have any more injuries or, or news you wanted to get into? No, just takeaways really from week one. The okay. Rookies in particular. It, what would you say? It, you cut out for a second. Just the rookies in particular from week one. Okay. They all look good. The running back, Sanders, Jacobs, Monty. I mean, Jacobs obviously is a workhorse. He was yeah. there most of the time. Jalen Richard was barely in the game. Then there were receivers, McLaurin, Hollywood Brown, DK, AJ Brown. It probably <laughs> won't stick for all those guys, but that is ridiculous that we had a week like that. Oh, yeah. And talk well, about uh, fucking Kittle 2.0, TJ Hawkinson. What a beast. Yeah, they were talking about the uh, – I think it's the offensive coordinator there that was with the Patriots and uh, was saying that he wanted an impact tight end like Gronk um, because he saw how effective that was. And I, I, I imagine most teams probably want to find a tight end like that, but it seems like they might actually have something similar to that on their hands. <laughs> yeah, he definitely doesn't look like a tight end with the ball. He's so fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there were a ton of, of rookies that just crushed it this week. Yeah, I drafted almost none of them. <laughs> but then you also have to imagine there were a lot of, like, the the favorites kind of coming into week one that, that uh, performed kind of lackluster. And uh, you have to imagine it's going to be bounce-back weeks for a lot of them going into two. Hopefully this is the week of overreactions, extreme overreactions. <laughs> so you can get some of that value on the waiver wire. Yeah, curious to see who people are going to drop because of all this. Yeah, I'm super excited. I, yeah, this will this will be crazy. Kyle dropped Jameis Winston today, and I thought that was kind of like I still think that he could be good. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't he's, know, man. <laughs> he, he's someone though that I feel like you need to have like a steady quarterback on your roster. That if you get in a position where you're in a particular kind of shootout game, um, he had he's like one of those high ceiling players but his floor is absolutely garbage. Yeah, you got to be willing to roll with that with him. He has a habit of throwing to the other team. (laughs) That's typically not what you're looking for in your quarterback. And he's not afraid to fumble the ball, too. It's risky plays, but he's not afraid. I heard a thing today. There was a lot of hate on the radio about him uh, today, and I heard someone that, that was reminding people, remember, this is the quarterback that Ryan Fitzpatrick was stealing starts from. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that is true they're the same guy fits magic <laughs> 500 yards four picks so we will uh, roll out of that into our week one recap looking at those matchups from week one game by game uh, let's start with uh, me Justin versus Tom as predicted Check the tape. 
<laughs> I said double-digit victory, easy. And that, that was is a indeed third what happened. You just cut out real weird. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> yeah, I won 148.92 to 111.94 as predicted. Yep, that's exactly what I had. Looking at it, uh, Tom left some points on his bench, but he was really hurt by James Conner and Devontae Adams kind of performing under expectations. Even if they did perform up to expectations, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> you outscored him by almost 30, was that, 37 points? And you left Sammy Watkins and Crowder on the bench? Yeah. Like, people were saying, you had Sammy Watkins on the bench. And I was like, yeah, I overthought that, okay. Yeah, you didn't have Sammy Crowder. You won without Antonio Brown. I'm ugh. Your team is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals definitely had me nervous on Sunday. Um, when I got to church Sunday evening, I think it was late in the first half of that game, and I had zero point four two points or some shit from uh, the Cardinals quarterback, and uh, like nothing from Christian Kirk. And uh, I was I was definitely worried at that point. I was very glad to see later when I turned it on and they had actually done something in that game. Yeah, uh, based on what I've read and listened to, it seems like they were too complicated. The first three quarters with the playbook, they kind of simplified things and then just shat on the Lions, who should have never been in that spot to tie. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so next we'll talk about you versus Kendra, Robbie versus Kendra. Wow. Uh, close game. You lost 104.66 to Kendra's 106.64. Yep. I just needed Darren Waller to catch one more pass in the fourth quarter. He did yeah. not do that. That being Darren, said, I deserve to lose that, and I should not be mad at Darren Waller. You, uh, that, that was a real nail-biter. Like, uh, I went to bed before that game ended. <laughs> And uh, I went to bed before that game ended, and it was you. And then the other game was uh, Phil versus Ryan. That both of those games at that point, like midway through the fourth quarter, could have gone either way based on uh, you with Waller or Phil with uh, Philip Lindsay. Is that who he had? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't have that in the notes. I, I think I think that's who he had. But so both of those games were still like it was like one o'clock in the morning, and I'm like both these games could still go either way. Yep, stayed up to watch that whole thing. Luckily, Emmanuel Sanders pulled me out in the other league against Kendra. I needed that fourth quarter <laughs> touchdown, too. Uh, I said, going back to what we talked about last week, uh, where I said something about breakouts, blowout games from either Tyreek or David Johnson. Uh, of course, we know that Tyreek had a blowout game of a different kind. Um, <laughs> he got hurt, scored you 4.1 points, and David Johnson actually started to do David Johnson things in what started as a garbage game, and he ended up with 25.7 points. He looked good. They didn't run him up the middle every time like they did last year. Yeah, it's weird how, how you can uh, you can change things up and, and it actually works. Caught some passes, had some space to work with. That's the David Johnson you want to see unless he's playing against you. Yeah, and this is like the first year you don't have him I know. in three years. It sucks. It hurts me a lot. Now, this game was a shit show. Uh, we couldn't have done much else to our rosters after yeah. looking at them. The starters were bad. Our benches are bad. Uh, Matt Ryan would have given her plus 10 points compared to her starting quarterback. And the only thing I could have done was start Emmanuel Sanders. Um, yeah, 
Other than that, Lamar Jackson is the GOAT. Uh, do you want to hear a fun fact about my, my and Kendra's matchup this weekend? Yeah. Well, the reason why it was so much suck uh, was I added up the points for all six of our total flex positions. Uh-huh. Uh, we combined for 31.9 points, six spots. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's total suckage. Moving on to Ryan versus Phil. Ryan won 124.02 to Phil's 122.06. This is the close other, one. Yeah, the other nail biter that came down to that last game. I yeah, Corey Davis sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Hey, Corey Davis, he sucks. Yeah. But a good thing. I uh, had both players had people that maybe underperformed based on expectations. Uh, Ryan with Zeke and uh, Phil with Chubb. They both had pretty pedestrian point totals. Um, but they also both had people who outperformed expectations. Ryan with Marlon Mack and Phil with Derrick Henry. Yeah, Marlon Mack looked just fine without Andrew Luck. Yeah, that, that's good to see. I want to believe in Derrick Henry, but I, I don't think it's sustainable, like anything close to this. Because the, the Titans are going to be running from a negative game script so often. Uh, that he's just going to be nullified most of the time. And everything I've read talks about he's a terrible pass catcher. And uh, so I think that that the the hype around Derrick Henry is going to be very dependent on games when they're playing against shitty people. Yeah, it looks like their defense may actually be good. I can't tell if the Browns are bad. Uh, it's so confusing with them. Because <laughs> Titans may have a good defense. They might be in more games than they have any right to be in. Well, I mean, if their defense is that good, then they have a right to be in those games. <laughs> I guess that's true. I'm talking based on their offense. They should yeah. be beaten every game. Yeah, and I, Ryan won with zero points from Corey Davis. Like you said, he sucks ass. Yeah, but he started D-Jack's nastiness. I have a I have a later note about Corey Davis. I remember writing down that I'm going to save because I know it's in my notes somewhere. Um, looking at the restaurant team, I think Zeke should be fine. Uh, like even though this was like it was still a decent like if it was any running back other than Zeke, you'd probably be happy with it. Like it was like a very mediocre point total. Um, but they they said they were putting him on that snap count. I think he's going to be fine moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Before the game, they yeah, like you said. They said he was going to be on a limited snap count. Plus, uh, that new offensive coordinator they got, Kellen Moore, he's looking uh, pretty smart at this point. He looks younger <laughs> than Dak, honestly. He's a baby face. But Dak having 400 yards per game yeah, in the first game without using Zeke and they destroyed the Giants. I know it's yeah. the Giants, but that offense as a whole could be pretty sick. Yeah, that was a, a very good start to the season for Dak, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll move on to Noel versus Bieber, which was the highest scoring game of the week. Noel winning with 175.4 points and Bieber losing with 163.32, the second highest score of the week. That hurts so bad. That hurts. Uh-huh. <laughs> a ton of points. I was talking to Bain about a couple years ago. I remember Bain losing something like six games in a season where he had the second highest points that week. 
My God. I, you know, I'd quit fantasy. <laughs> Reading down through Bieber's players and points, I was like, how did he lose? Like he had <laughs> Mahomes putting up 27-3-2, C-Mac with 42-90, Delaney Walker with 22.5, Larry Fitz with 25-3, and it's like that that lost. Oh, yeah, on the bright side, though, he's yeah, he can't overreact like we talked about earlier. His team is good. Yeah. <laughs> McCaffrey should be the number – they talked about reducing his snaps. He played again on like 98% of the snaps, and he looked yeah. stronger and more handsome than ever. <laughs> Noel had Eckler, though, and it canceled everything McCaffrey did out. Yeah. Is it looking at Noel's backfield? With uh, Lev Bell with 23-2, Chris Carson with 24-1, and Austin Eckler with 39-4. That's going to be a pretty pretty uh, solid backfield moving forward. Yep. Curious to see if Melly shows up ever and takes away Eckler from Noel, what his team's going to look like after that. Yeah, because uh, Bieber still has Melly. So we'll <laughs> <laughs> that'll just make Bieber's team better, potentially. Uh, other bright spot for Ryan, though. Tyrell Williams looks like a legit number one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't believe I can't believe Bieber started Jaquim Grant from the Dolphins over Tyrell Williams after the AB news. <laughs> yeah, once he fixes that little snafu, he should be fine. Like, like as soon as they announced that the Raiders had released Antonio Brown, I would have been like, fuck this no-name Dolphins receiver. I'm putting Tyrell Williams in. <laughs> yeah, and with Noel, uh, Bell and Carson, workhorses, uh-huh. absolute workhorses. Uh, T.Y. Hilton still looks nice with Jacoby yeah. Brissett. And T.J. Hawkinson, real deal, dude. Yeah, fucking gnarly. Moving on to Caleb versus Scott. And Scott, who last week Caleb called suck, wins <laughs> with 113.4 points against Caleb's 88.1. Yeah, sad day for Papa. I wish he was here to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why he said he couldn't be here tonight. <laughs> Once you gave us the itinerary, or did he even see the itinerary? He, he didn't, knew he didn't even see the out. itinerary. Yeah, he knew it was going to get he. Caleb absolutely shit the bed. Uh, oh, yeah. Mark Ingram accounted for over a quarter of his point total. <sighs> that's Mark tough. Ingram had twenty two point seven points. Caleb totaled eighty eight point one. Hmm. Looking at his bench, though, he didn't really have many answers. Nope. No, he did not. That's. I'm worried about his team. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And then with the <laughs> Mixon injury, like moving into this week, I know it's not going to be a long-term thing potentially, but uh, it, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how he adjusts to that if he can't, if Mixon can't go this week. Uh, yeah, and with the uh, how deep the league is, finding a suitable running back. And yeah. having waiver priority to take a good running back will be problematic for him. See, moving on to Kyle versus Bain. Bain won with 143.62 points to Kyle's 137.42. This was a good game. This was like the best outside of Nolan Bieber. This was the second best matchup of the weekend. Yeah, it was uh, pretty good. Yeah, Kyle has Deshaun and Nuck. It's going to be nasty all year. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, just a note on Kyle. That's Oh, God, he – terrible luck. Kittle had two touchdowns called back because of penalty. 
which would have won him that game. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I said, so looking at Kyle's roster, if you swap, he had DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins in a flex. If you swap him up to a wide receiver spot and move Robbie Anderson down to the third flex, um, the problem on Kyle's team was really the three flexes. Like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, his two starting running backs, and his other whoever the wide receiver was, I can't remember, put up decent numbers or good numbers. And then the the three flex spots, if you move Robbie Anderson down, they just kind of faltered. And he had some wide receiver depth on the bench that hit, but looking at it, it's going to be like a game all season for him trying to pick out which guys are going to hit which weeks. Mm-hmm. No, he's got a good team, good set of starters. He just got unlucky playing Bane this week. Yeah. So if you compare them apples to apples, you match up like the the running back that did the best and the wide receiver that did the best. It it seems like the it really came down to Bane winning the tight end battle this week. Angram was a target hog. Jesus, did he have a good game. Yeah. We should have expected it, though. 28.6 points for Evan Ingram. Kittle had 13.4. And I think that yeah. difference really – that just that battle there is kind of like encapsulates the uh, the battle of that game. <laughs> yeah, a few other notes on Bain's team. Uh, Sutton is actually good. Dante <laughs> Parker may not suck after all. And what the fuck is up with Dante Pettis? <laughs> but is he, he had like four points he might be droppable no he had he he played two percent of the snaps oh he's he's probably droppable then he's gotta be that's kind Diva of crazy. Samuel, like 90 what a, no, no 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 he played 78 percent of the snaps which was tops on the team and then it was marquise goodwin so it's debo and goodwin for the niners Pettis is totally droppable unless Bane tries to see if he comes out of doghouse soon. Write it out and just see what happens. Yeah. Speaking of Bane, let's uh, go ahead and transition now into a new segment we're calling House of Bane. Okay. So now we're going to move into a section called Best of the Bench, uh, where we build the best team that we can from the benched players in the MILF and then see how the uh, the teams would have stacked up to this monster. Spoiler, spoiler alert, it doesn't go well. Uh, up first is the quarterback, Dak Prescott, putting up 33.4 points. Talked about him earlier. Uh, two wide receivers, Sammy Watkins putting up 46.8 and John Ross putting up 34.8. Running backs, Dontrell, Dont, uh, fucking shit. Running backs, Dontrell Hilliard, 18.6, and Devin Singletary putting up 14.8. That's it for running backs? Yeah. I said the good news is we're not leaving running back points on the bench, apparently. Huh. I think overall running back production was probably just significantly lower than expected this week. Probably a lot of passing yards and wide receivers going crazy. Yeah, we, we were all getting fucked by wide receivers. Nobody's yeah, getting fucked sure. by running backs that hard. Moving on to tight end, we've got TJ Hawkinson that we talked about earlier, putting up 25.1. Then for our three flexes, another tight end, Mark Andrews putting up 24.8, Jameson Crowder putting up 24.3, and Terry McLaurin putting up 23.5. Bringing the points total for the MILF best of the bench team for week one to 246.10 points. Damn. 
I don't uh, I don't have to go through team by team to just uh, clarify that that beats any point total from any team this week. Yeah, that's that's a ridiculous amount of bench points. One week in, and the best of the bench team is undefeated. We'll keep track of that throughout the season. <laughs> I'm going to guess uh, they have a winning record at the end of the year. I'm going to guess for sure they have a winning record at the end of the year. Should, should, it, should it just be a challenge as to whether or not any one team beats it on a given week? What, would, what, are, the, what are the stakes here? I, I don't know. That's just, I mean, is that a better challenge than if it has a winning record against all teams every week? Uh, yeah, it, they're okay. probably closer to going undefeated than yeah, so being closer to a winning record. We will put the best of the bench team up against the highest scoring point total team every week, which puts it up against Mike Knoll this week. Let me check my notes. 175.4. So it beats by uh, right around 70 points. <laughs> <laughs> that is a uh, kind of bananas. And, and he depressing. got beat by some of his own players. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move into our week two preview. We're going to go matchup by matchup here through the, uh, the week two games. We'll start with me, Justin, versus Noel. Uh, when I checked right before the podcast, projections were uh, me 130.54, Noel 136.67, with him with a 59% chance of winning. Yeah, I had this as my favorite matchup of the week, thinking it should be a slugfest. It's the highest projected, isn't it? Uh, let me see. I believe it is the is the highest total projected between the two teams, yes. Yeah. Uh, earlier when I wrote down the notes, I had you with winning with A-B in the picture. Yeah. I'm not – I still think I'm leaning you, despite Sleeper saying Mike's the favorite. I am just overly hesitant because I just watched Noel put up a million points. Regression, negative regression. I think just the the pressure of him coming off that monster weekend, we all know it's his big comeback year, hashtag the time is Noel. Um, Dude, he texted in the group chat. What was that? I know. I have no idea. I thought he'd been dead for three years. <laughs> it's alive. I thought like a dog was playing for him, but apparently he's in it to win it. And I am uh, terrified a little bit. It should be a good game, though. Uh, I- I'm excited. I like. I really like my team. I know I don't feel like it's the best team, but I- I'm excited to see what it can do against the monster team. I st- still think without AB, your team should be one of the favorites. Okay, next we will move to you versus Phil. Uh, when I checked, you guys were projected. You were projected at 122.6. He was projected at 126.32, and he had a 56% chance to win. Yep, I agree with the line there, but I think <laughs> Phil will win by more than the line. His team is better top to bottom, and the Hill injury just hurts too much right now. Yeah, I think that the Hill injury and then the with him starting – OBJ and Chubb on that Browns team that's I, I can only imagine it's going to be coming out this week with something to prove after losing to the Titans. I, I'm kind of worried about the kind of theoretical points that the Browns could put up this week. Who are they playing this week? I have no idea. I don't think it fucking matters, though. 
That is true. I'm not too worried about Baker. Uh, he should be fine. Plus, uh, from what I heard, he got hurt, had like a wrist or thumb injury, and then threw three picks after that. So that may have been part of the reason he sucked ass in the fourth quarter. Got you. Yeah, I have a I, – I like Phil's team a lot. Um, I just know Phil, and it's hard to think that his team is that good. We're only two weeks in. It is still hard to fuck up your team in two weeks. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to it about halfway through the season. <laughs> Moving on, we have Ryan versus Kendra. Uh, Ryan is projected to win 75% with 132.35 to Kendra's 114.37. But Kendra still has Tevin Coleman in her lineup. So the projections are going to end up a bit closer when she subs him out. Yeah, it's definitely going to be closer than that, but I don't think her subbing Coleman out for anybody else will uh, get her a win. And no. uh, we'll see if John Ross can keep it up in that new offense, if that was just an anomaly or not. We'll see uh, We'll see if Ryan starts Corey Davis again. Yeah, he should be switching him out for sure. As a former Corey Davis owner um, – all I can say is that the the week you put him in, it's going to be dog shit. And as soon as you pull him out, he's going to have like a 34-point game. And yeah, he's uh, super volatile. And Marcus Mariota kind of sucks. Yeah. That is just the, the way it goes as someone who has Corey Davis on your team. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on to Bieber versus Tom. Bieber is projected to win 54%. With 133.53 against Tom's 131.06. Yeah, I had the line is too close. I don't think it'll end that close. I know <laughs> it sounds like I'm shitting on Tom again, which I am. But <laughs> throw in Tyrell Williams, uh, the de facto number one. Take out Jakeem Grant, and I think Ryan wins comfortably this week. Yeah, I his team has the potential to be just as explosive this week as week one. The The one question I had about Bieber's team is how long was he going to hold on to Melvin Gordon? But uh, I don't think it matters because he, do, he doesn't seem to need that bench space. What round did he get him in? Like five or six? Yeah, late enough that it was a value. Yeah, he can just – I mean, the benches are deep. He can just keep them. May as well. Tom has to hope for bounce-back games for Devontae Adams and James Conner. Yeah, that was unfortunate. But he doesn't look like an idiot for drafting Tom Brady now. No, Tom Brady and that offense looked good. I know the run game wasn't very good, but with uh, having Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, James White, I think he should be fine. And that is a good example of why waiting on a quarterback is probably the best play in fantasy football with one quarterback on the roster in your lineup. Yeah, we just talked about the good situation Tom Brady was in without even mentioning the possibility of Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah, that would have been outrageous. All right, moving uh, forward, we have Caleb versus Bain, with Bain projected to win 71%, 130.55 to Caleb's 116.47. Yeah, the line is big, and I think after a rough week one, Caleb will still struggle. And uh, I think the defending champ, Bain, Starts off this season 2-0. and 
I uh, I'm interested to see if mixing goes because I think that shakes stuff a little bit up. Looking at Caleb's bench, um, I think Bain's going to take this one, but I was kind of surprised. This this is one of the ones that had a bigger gap, um, like this and Ryan versus Kendra, and I guess three of the games had pretty good sized gaps, but this was one of the bigger gap ones. And looking at the two teams and just looking at the players, I was kind of surprised the gap was this big in the projection. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at it. I'm not sure the specifics on the lineups. I just uh, remember sure looking they're... at it that I just think right at this moment in time, Caleb's team's kind of iffy. Yeah, it's it's definitely iffy. <laughs> okay, moving forward, we have Kyle versus Scott. Uh, Kyle projected to win 75%, 135.36 versus Scott's 117.49. Now, this is a legit big line. Kendra and Roberts, that was kind of deceptive because she didn't have her Coleman's projected zero being out. Yeah. This is a straight-up 16-point difference, and it's deserved. <laughs> uh, I think it'll be Kyle easy. I Just looking down their lineups, every player that was next to each other in that matchup, I liked Kyle's better, except yeah. for carry-on to Scott's Dalvin. Yeah. I love Dalvin Cook this year, but I don't think it's going to be enough for Scott. Oh, no. No, no, no. But I have uh, – Scott's depth is going to be problematic. I was looking at his bench. He has still on his bench Lamar Miller, who's on IR, Devin Funches, who's on IR, and Kareem Hunt, who's suspended. So he has three of those bench slots holding no use, and he is already struggling. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to see starting tomorrow morning how invested he is in this season. That'll be uh, the whole thing. But if he makes any moves this year, it'll be a movement forward from last year. <laughs> or maybe he'll try to have, like, the all-IR team. Well, see, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. It, it, it'd at least be something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we will move into just a quick recap of the MILF standings as they are right now after week one. In first place, we have Noel beginning his comeback tour. Second place, Justin. Third place, Bane. Fourth place, Ryan. Fifth place, Scott. Sixth place, Kendra. Seventh place, Bieber. Eighth place, Kyle. Ninth place, Phil. Tenth place, Tom. And then down at 11th and 12th, Robbie and Caleb, my podcast compatriots. Having Tom ahead of me hurts my heart. (laughs) Phil, uh, Phil's much closer to where we put him than where ESF put him. <laughs> nice. Caleb, they had Caleb really high, though. Yeah. That being said, it's I, week one. Yeah, one week can't say anything about where it's going to be at the end. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is pretty much all I had. Do you have anything else cool you want to throw out? Uh, Nope. We ran through all two pages, single-spaced MLA on my notebook. Awesome. I had like eight pages of notebook. Damn. Do you write in 48-point font? Yeah. Each each line of text that I write down takes up four lines. And it's it's not college-ruled either. I'm not going to lie and pretend like it's college-ruled. It's (laughs) wide-ruled. Okay, so that will wrap up our uh, podcast for week two here, episode two of the 2019 season. Um, as we said last week, if you want to talk shit, tell us to go eat dicks. 
um, threatened to come on our dogs, uh, use the voice message function that's in the description. Um, and we will cut your shit talk into a future episode of the podcast, maybe. Yeah, definitely disappointed uh, we didn't have any messages this week. Yeah, hopefully we uh, we get some by tomorrow that I should get cut into this podcast different places, but I'm doubting it. Does anybody actually listen to us? A few people. A okay, few people. that's fine. This is for us. It's for fun. Yeah. So thanks again for listening. I'm Justin, and this is Robbie. That's me. And we are getting the fuck out of here. We will see you next week. Enjoy the dope-ass outro music. What is it? Oh, my God. You're going to be so excited. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs>